Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Welcome, welcome. Um, wow, crazy, crazy times. Um, so we are now allowed, I don't know if you guys have heard, to have 300, which is very exciting. This room still capacity is only 75. So that's okay because it means that on our property, we can have more people. So we can overflow to the lawn. You can be in your cars. We can go into the cat or the youth are in the cafe, multi-purpose. So we are slowly coming back, baby, which is exciting. Yay. <laughs> so good. So good. All right. So, um, like I said, yes, hello, my name is Charlie. Um, if I haven't met you before, my husband and I, Benaya, we pastor this church here. Um, he is actually on daddy duties. So we have a six-month-old um, who is currently teething and all of that really fun stuff. So he's actually released me to come and minister to you guys while he's looking after our beautiful son, which is very kind and loving of him. Still working on it. We did have an incredible testimony from Barb, which was, would have been so lovely to hear. Next week, Barb, we'll make it happen. Um, oh, squeaky. <laughs> Can we all just relax in church this morning? Can we just have a bit of fun? Jesus is alive. He's on the throne. It doesn't matter if our screens don't work. It's all okay. So, amen, amen, good preaching. And it's actually okay. I know even like we can't vocally with worship sing out and things like that, but that doesn't mean that you still can't say amen. It doesn't mean that you still can't get a little bit excited in your spirit. So roll with me today, church. Let's kind of press in because I honestly believe um, this morning is going to be incredible. Wonderful production team. We'll just cruise, you know, it's okay. People should have their Bibles. So we can look at the scriptures, not on the screen, but on your phones, on your Bible. It's okay if we don't have titles and things like that. We'll just roll with it. Sounds good? <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Um, so where are we going to go? Where do we want to go? That's the question, church. What are you hungry for this morning? What is your heart expecting for? Because do you know what? Our God will always meet you at your level of expectation. And I have been in church my whole life. I have had such a privileged upbringing. My mum and dad are down on the front row. Very, very blessed. But I have been in hundreds. What am I, 30? I was going to say maybe thousands. Maybe not quite thousands, but at least hundreds of church services, conferences. I've been to different churches around the world, which is amazing. And I tell you what, church, and I said it at Sisterhood last week, I am just so desperate and so hungry for God. I actually, I don't want a nice service. I don't want it to be, you know, even this. Like, we don't have a, a screen. That's all good. Like, it's all okay. I'm sure the church in Acts didn't have little, you know, I don't know, what do they write on? Like, like palm leaves that they wrote scriptures on. I don't know. Like, I don't know what, what they had back then. Um, they still came together. They still worshipped God. They still had encounters with the Holy Spirit. And I just am at this point in my life, like I said, I know I'm only 30. So to some of you, that sounds old. To some of you, that sounds very young. Um, but I'm just, I'm so desperate for Him. Because at the end of the day, church and being a Christian and religion, whatever you want to call it, is so meaningless 
if it's not about the intimate moments that you have with your Father God, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You can say all the right things. You can do all the right things. You can lift your hands at the right moments. But unless there's something that changes on the inside of you, something that takes hold of you and wrecks you for anything else, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can be the best Christian in quotation marks, but then at the end of the day, get to heaven and he says, I never knew you because you didn't know him. You didn't know his voice. You just wanted to be good and do all the right things. So this morning, church, I'm just so hungry for him. And I'm just so hungry for you to encounter him in a fresh and beautiful way. We're back, baby. Praise the Lord. Um, so let's just lean in in Jesus' name. So let me pray for us. Um, and then he can do whatever he wants. So Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, the beautiful King of kings and Lord of lords. The most powerful name in all of history, in all of the universe, in all of the decades combined, the name of Jesus. And we call on your name this morning and we declare it this morning, King Jesus, that you would come and you would meet us where we're at, God. Whether this is our first time in church or our 1,000th time in church. Jesus, that we wouldn't be so comfortable and complacent, but that we will know it is such an honour to come into your house this morning because it's not about us. It's not about, it's not about our feelings. It's about you, King Jesus. And this morning, God, we give you all of the focus all of the attention that you so rightly deserve because you are king and you are good and you are alive and you are here and you are working and you want to do something this morning, God. And I just pray for any familiarity, any complacentness, any just ugh, dryness in this room, God, that you will just capture us, that you will melt our hearts with you because at the end of the day, Jesus, you are the only thing that matters. You are the only thing. It is all about you, King Jesus. And we just position ourselves for you. Why don't where you're at, just where you're at, why don't you say, Jesus, you're in the room. Say it again, Jesus, you're in the room. Now make it personal. Say, Jesus, I know you're in the room. I need you. Make me aware of your presence this morning. Thank you, Jesus. If you've been in this church before, you've heard me preach, I am not precious. <laughs> I, I don't need anything from you. Um, so you do you this morning, whatever you need. If you need to have your eyes closed and let him speak, you do that. If you need to get on your knees and worship him, you do that. If you need to be writing notes or draw, you do that. Um, whatever you need this morning, it's not about you making me feel good. Um, it's about you receiving and you ministering to his heart. So I will be here. I will help facilitate that. But at the end of the day, just be open and just allow yourself room to breathe with him. So benai has been doing a series on um, hearing the voice of God and he's been doing it for a couple of weeks. I'll just get you to keep 
doing what you're doing. Kezi and Natty. How good are Kez and Nat? My gosh, the Curtises. There are deeper wells in them than they realize. And we are blessed. Oh, and also church, I just cry. <laughs> so let's just roll with that. <laughs> when I sense his presence, it just happens. So if that's uncomfortable for you, I'm sorry. It's not like I'm sad, but you know, oh gosh, why is she so emotional? Is she okay? Um, oh, it's just hear me. It just messes me up. But my gosh, the courtesies, far out. Oh, you know, this couple, oh gosh. <laughs> This couple has been in our church for so many years and they have fought battles. They are young, so young, so young <laughs> compared to some people and old compared to others. But <laughs> Nat's like, I'm still young. But the battles that they have fought, the trials that they have gone through at their young age and they have stood and they have the best hearts, such a conviction to see God move. They have been shield bearers and so incredible to Benara and my heart. And so Curtis's just this morning, I just honour you. I honour you because they come in week in and week out and we can get so familiar with who we have in our church. But my gosh, the giants in the kingdom that you are and the wells of revival and incredible supernatural things in your heart. We don't want to be familiar with you this morning. So I just honor you. But anyway, so Benai has been doing this series on hearing the voice of God. So if you are wanting to go back and listen to them, it's been incredible. It's been amazing. And also he talked about sometimes we get that feeling in our gut, like that kind of intuition feeling and how that is actually discernment. And so if you ever feel that, go back and listen to it. That was last week's message. It was amazing. So hearing the voice of God, but I'm going to talk to you going off that. You need to know him before you can hear him speak. So this morning I'm talking about, do you know his name? Because we can hear, and Benai did mention it when he was talking um, about it. He said, you know, one of the things is you need to know God to be able to hear Him speak. But I just want to really touch on that because we can we can go for hearing God. We can go for we want to word God. We want to know you. We, not we want to know you. We want to hear you speak. We want a prophetic word. Sometimes people come to church. We call it like, you know, the prophecy T-shirt or something, some bright color so that the speaker will pick them out and go, I've got a word for you. Um, and we desire that. But really, we should be desiring to know Him and His voice and His heart before we actually hear his voice. So, his name. Do any of you guys know what your names mean? Have you ever looked up what your name means? Yes. So, my name, people call me Charlie for short. My name is Charlotte. Um, and I'm not the most girly. You know, I'm a girly girl, but I'm not like, you know, super, super, I don't know, frills and colors. And that's my sister. If you've met my sister, she's like colors galore, beautiful. Um, so that's never really been me. And so I was kind of like, oh, what does my name mean? It's going to be something like fierce and strong. And Okay, so this is what Charlotte means, which is really great. If you know me, it definitely matches my character. Little woman. <laughs> Feminine. 
petite. <laughs> I was like, what? And it means free man, which I'm like, that kind, that end bit's kind of cool. But I was like, I remember when I was younger and I used to look up my meaning for the, my name and people would have all these really cool meanings. And I was like, my name means petite. Like, cool. I'm not the most petite person. Feminine. Okay. Benaiah's means, if my husband, his name is Benaiah, cool. God will build. That's a cool, like, so Benaiah was one of David's mighty men in the Old Testament, and it means God will build. We named our son Bear, B-E-A-R, yes, R. Um, and a lot of people were like, why did you call your son Bear? I'm a high school teacher, so finding names at the best of times is really difficult because it's like, let's call our kid Jackson. And I'm like, oh, not Jackson. I know a Jackson. Let's call Lachlan. Oh, no way. Not Lachlan. So it just brings up memories of students, which they're not all horrible. Sorry, Jackson Rose, if you're here. <laughs> it's like, oh, a Lachlan. No, no offense. Um, but it was really difficult. So Bear, I know, is such an unusual name. But I obviously don't know any bears. But what we loved about it was that it means strong, brave, and courageous. So every time we're saying his name, we're declaring over him, you are strong, you are brave, you are courageous. And there's so much in a name. Maybe you guys know what your name means. Maybe you don't. But I just want to look at now his name, Jesus' name. So we've got it on the screen. So Jesus actually, you know, translated in Hebrew, it means to rescue or to save. In Greek, it means to heal, make whole. And in Latin, it means God's help. So this morning, I just want to introduce you afresh to Jesus. So beautiful, so simple, no strings attached, just Jesus. And this morning, I want to investigate a little bit with you guys His name and what that means to you. Because we can... Like I said, we can come to church, we can do all of these things, but really, unless you know Him, unless you have this deep, intimate relationship with Him, it doesn't matter. It does. You can do all the right things in the world. You can be a really good person, but the purpose is in knowing Him. It's in knowing the name. It's in knowing the power of that name in Jesus' name. Are we ready? Are we strapped in? Are we good to go? So I have like, okay, I'm, I've got 30 scriptures. <laughs> What? Oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, but I'm just going to run through them. So they will be up on the screen. Again, please just like open your hearts to receive afresh. I'm going to run through them. There is a lot, but there's so many more. I chose 30 and I tried to narrow it down even more. And I was like, I can't even get it more than like less than this because it's so incredible. And yet there's still more. This is going through in the Bible when they talk about who Jesus is is, not was, who he is. And so I'm going to run through them. Take photos if you need to, because like I said, there's 30. Um, so actually, no, there's like 27, but the last one has like three combined. So, yeah, make it, make it pretty good. So, all right. So do you know him? When we talk about Jesus, when we talk about this incredible King of Kings and Lord of Lords, this is who he is. Are we ready? He is Almighty One, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty he is Alpha and Omega. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is our advocate. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is author and perfecter of our faith. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
He is authority. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He is the bread of life. Even as I just read this, just let your spirit get excited that this is who he is. This is who you walk with every single day. If you are a Christian, if you have said, Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior, this is who you have access to. Oh my gosh, like that's so incredible. He is the bread of life. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He's the beloved son of God. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with who I am well pleased. He is the chief cornerstone. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. He is faithful and true. I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider was called Faithful and True. With justice, he judges and wages war. He is the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He is the great high priest. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. He is Emmanuel. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. He is the King of Kings. This will wage war against the Lamb and the Lamb will overcome them because he is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And those who are with him are called and chosen and faithful. He is the Lamb of God. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but I, but will have the light of life. Can I just pause for a moment? We're at 15. How are we going? All right. I'm running through them pretty quickly, I know. But like I said, take photos, take notes, whatever. Soak it in later on. But can I just say, sometimes, and I was talking to someone this week about it, we were talking about, I guess, that kind of tension between, you hear about Jesus in the, Old, in the um, New Testament, in the, in the um, Gospels, and how he walked with his disciples, walked along the Sea of Galilee, all those sorts of things. And then you read about Jesus in Revelations, or Jesus a little bit later on when he's ascended, and he's, you know, totally different. And I think sometimes in Christianity, and sometimes maybe in the church in general, there's just this tension between we still think Jesus is walking around in sandals on the shore of Galilee. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like Jesus came so that we could see how he lived his life, how he worked alongside his father, the miracles that he could do fully as man, which means you can do them fully as men and women. So he did it as an example. He did it as, you know, to show us that way. But our Jesus is so much more than that. Our Jesus is so much more than what's just seen inside of the Gospels. There's a depth to him and there's, you know, this incredible, I guess, even just reading through these scriptures where you go, oh man, like he is the great high priest. He is not just, you know, calling the fishermen. He is the great high priest. He is the Emmanuel. He's God with us. If ever you feel lonely, he is forever with you. It says he does not leave you or forsake you. This is Jesus. Like, and so sometimes we get this perspective of, I don't know, and I just, I want us to shift and so that you can fully understand who is this God? Because like I said, it doesn't matter. We talk about hearing his voice, but unless you know who's speaking to you, unless you know the authority with which he comes and imparts his wisdom and his knowledge and his love into you, that is what matters. So at number 16, we're all right. Is it like super small? That's it. Zoom it in. 
So he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. He is the Lord of all. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every other name, so that at the name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus, just that simple five-letter word, every knee will bow for those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He is the mediator for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. He is the one who sets free. So if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. He is our hope. Christ Jesus, our hope. He is our peace. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups. One has destroyed the barrier and the dividing wall of hostility. He is the rock. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. He is Savior. For unto you, born this day in the city of David, a Savior is Christ the Lord. His resurrection and life. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. He is the door. I am the door. If anyone enters me, he will be saved and I will go in and out and find pasture. He is the way. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And the last one, let's do it, church. He is the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father and Prince of Peace, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Do you know who Jesus is this morning? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Do you know him? But do you not just read that and go, Oh, it's nice, yeah, cool, great, the way, the door, the rock. Do you know him? Do you in your days, in your workplaces, in your family know This is the Jesus that walks with you, that lives and breathes and has his whole being and immerses you and takes you and comforts you. This Jesus, not the Jesus who is, I don't know, we sometimes think, I don't know, I just, "Ah!" okay, we're good, we're good, we're good. I just sometimes want to shake, not you because you're great, but shake people in general and be like, if you are a Christian, If you say that you have God as living and breathing and working in you, do you know that this is who He is? Do you know that every day of your life you have access to this? You have all authority on heaven and on earth because He has all authority in heaven and on earth. You have peace. You have joy. You have healing. You have salvation. You have all of these things because it's wrapped up in who He is. And I just get frustrated sometimes lots of times, but sometimes when I'm like, oh God, we so easily get consumed by things that don't matter. Our focus, and I talked about it, I don't know, a while ago, we put our focus on things down here and Jesus is saying, look up. Yes, you will always have things that you go through. Yes, there will always be trials. There will always be hardships. I'm not saying life is always going to be squeaky clean and easy, but when you know really know who you're walking with, who you're talking with. And he's not distant. He's present. And he wants to be inside every being of you, every part of you. He wants to be involved in every decision, every moment. He's not angry at you. He's not condemning you. He wants to just do life with you. Do we get that this morning? 
I mentioned at Sisterhood about seeking his face and not his hand. So I think sometimes we have this habit of coming to God, asking for things. So we come to him for what he can give us in his hand. And it might be blessing. It might be, God, I'm, you know, going for this new job. Will you bless it? Or it might be, you know, I need finances. Or it might be whatever. And we come and we ask for what's in his hand. That's not bad. There's nothing wrong with that. But when we're seeking his hand, it's all about me. But when we seek his face, his hand is a byproduct of that because he's a good God and he will always give us what's in his hand. But when we seek his face, it becomes about him. God, I'm not seeking you for what you can do for me. I'm seeking you for you. I'm seeking you because you are this, all of this, all of these incredible scriptures that we just read. You are this. And so I will seek that. I will seek to know that name. I will seek to know that face because when I do that, everything else follows. And it's such a simple, simple Christianity. Christianity is not difficult. It's not all of these rights and wrongs that you should do. All it is, is know God. That's it. It's so simple. And I know that I'm young and I know that some people might think, oh, you haven't had lots of life experience. It doesn't matter. You seek God, you know God, and then everything else, all of the sin that you need to deal with, it gets dealt with. All of the provision, it comes because He is a good God. When you have a relationship with Him, that is what changes things. That is what changes things. When I have a relationship with Him, of course I'm going to pray for the person down the road that I feel like needs healing because I know Him, because I'm wrapped up in Him and that's what He wants. If I you know, we talk about all these things. If I have fear, if I have anxieties, if I, you know, when I have a relationship with him, God will slowly work on that. He will deal with that. He will heal you. He says he wants you to have, you know, it says renew your mind. That's part of who he is. It might be a slower process. It might be, you know, it take a little bit of time. But at the end of the day, it will happen because that's who he is. He is healer. If you have sickness in your body, I believe that he is healer. If you have people that are unsaved in your family, I believe that he is savior. So all it comes down to is you and him. And it's not a selfish, I'm going to lock myself away in my cupboard and just be with him because that's all it's about, Jesus. If that's your Jesus, that's the wrong Jesus. Because Jesus never locked himself away in a cupboard. He spent time with the Father, yeah. But then what did he do? He went out and he ministered kingdom on earth. It was just a flow effect. That's it. And it's not difficult. It's not difficult. Because when you know that, when you know, and I, I briefly mentioned it in the prayer meeting this morning, when you know his name, see up here, yes, I'm 30. I'm married, I have a six-month-old, I'm a high school teacher. A lot of you have gone through a lot of life. And really, me, as me, doesn't really have a right to speak into your life, yeah? A lot of you, I don't even know your names. So what right do I have? Ooh. But I don't stand up here with the name of, I am Charlotte Halliday, listen to my words. That would be weird. And a lot of times in church, that's what we feel like. We feel like the person up the front is trying to teach us something. And you sit there and you go, you don't know me. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what's going on in my world. I totally get that. By the way, even as a senior pastor, I get that. It's a kind of a weird thing when you think about it. Like I was talking to someone this week and I'm like, isn't it weird that we think that people that don't go to church should come to church, should sit in our service 
know what our culture is, listen to someone who doesn't even know who they are, their name. Like, it's a, it's a weird concept. If you're thinking about it, just as me, I fully believe that God has called me and he has given me a, a, an amazing, amazing, please hear this church, Benara and I see it as such an amazing privilege to be able to come up here and speak to you every Sunday. And it's a privilege that we hold so, um, what's the word? Not lightly, opposite of lightly. So, what? so precious. No, we don't take it lightly. But at the same time, we know that when we're up here, we're not ministering in our name. I'm ministering with this name. I'm ministering with all of those scriptures' names. I'm coming to you in His name, in His authority. It actually has nothing to do with me, which is why I say, look, I'm not precious when you hear me preach because it's not about me. It's actually about you hearing Him and you having this dialogue and you sitting there and you're going, God, I want to receive something from you this morning. But when you know His authority, when you know the name... Of course you're going to pray for the sick people in your workplace. Of course you're going to reach out to them and say, hey, do you need a little bit of help? Do you need me to sit with you? Do you need me to hear your story? Do you want me to pray for you? What's going on in your family? And not because you have a right, but because He has a right. Because He created them, He called them, He chose them. And you are supposed to be His hands and feet operating with His name. That's what Christianity is. This is great. I love this. But this is not the church. You are supposed to be the church in your every single day because you're carrying the name, the name that is above every other name in Jesus' name. I just want to give a little example. And I actually think that there's something prophetic on this statement. So hear this because as I was preparing, I was like, oh, there's something in me that keeps coming back to that. So when I got married, which was it's nearly it's six, not nearly, well, it's six years in January, Benara and I got married. I was a Thorpe. These are my Thorpe family. When I got married to Benaya, I took on his name. He is Halliday. Halliday or Strawn, sorry. <laughs> She's always going to be a holiday. It's true. There's, and there's like this weird in the holiday family. It's not weird, but there's this prestige about the holiday name. So even, you know, Benaya's dad is like, you know, you're, you're a holiday now, Charlotte. And I'm like, yes, I am. And holidays have a special prestige. They have a special wit. Apparently there's a holiday wit where they're funnier than everybody else in the room. I, I yeah, that's what <laughs> They get, <laughs> Benaya says, we get jokes just a couple of seconds faster than anybody else. I don't know if that's true. Anyway, I took on his name. I know some women don't choose to do that. I chose to do that, yeah? Being a Thorpe, I will always be a Thorpe because that is my heritage. That is my foundation. That is how I grew up. But once I became a Halliday, my name changed. And the thing is, is when you become a Christian, you take on his name. It doesn't mean that your past is disregarded because that has brought you up to a certain point of receiving his name. It's not that you forget everything because that's part of your testimony, yeah? And your testimony has power. But when you take on his name, something shifts and something changes. And I feel like there's some people in this room that you're still holding on to your maiden name. Let that sit 
There's some of you who have said yes, but you're still holding on to your maiden name. And you operate in your maiden name with your head down. We're thinking about your past. We're thinking about your failures. We're thinking about the things you've done wrong. And you come to church and you come to God and you come to, you know, your quiet time with Him. And you say, you know, you have these moments with Him, which are beautiful, but you don't hold on to His name because you don't think you're worthy of it. This morning, some of you need to change your name. (laughs) Some of you need to change your name and not totally abandon your maiden name because like I said, your testimony has power. But at the same time, know that you are so worthy to take on His name because He says you are worthy. And His name has a seal, it has a mark on it. It says you are His, you are chosen, you are called. So someone in this room, don't hold on to your maiden name anymore. Grab onto His because that is your rightful authority in the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. When you know His name, you know His authority and you know that that is your inheritance. That is your inheritance. His name carries weight. It changes atmospheres. It says that demons flee. We sung that beautiful song at your, the mention of your name. Every chain will break. There is power in the name of Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of people who have misused his name. There are a lot of people throughout history that have done things in the name of God, that have done things in the name of Jesus. And no doubt that causes huge harm. Don't misuse his name. Get it from scripture. Get it from who he is. Get it from his character. But when you know his name, you carry that. And it actually requires a level of responsibility. Yeah? It requires a level of responsibility. Because if you are carrying on his name, if I carry on the name of a holiday, which I am now, that, it means something. It means I'm part of the family. It means I have a responsibility. I, I want to spend time with them. I want to do family things with them. I want to, you know, celebrate birthdays with them. There's a responsibility to being a part of the family. If you're carrying the name of Jesus, that name that we read, you know, 27 scriptures about, that requires a level of responsibility. Like I said, it's not you sitting in your cupboard hiding away being like, well, it's all about me and Jesus now, like it actually carries a level of responsibility that you have to act, church. There's an action. There's an there's a, um, exchange that happens. You take on his name, but then when you sit with him, when you know him, when you start to minister to his heart, you realize it actually requires you to do something. It requires you to love. It requires you to pray. It requires you to be generous. It requires you to step out in faith. It requires you to search for the supernatural, to do things that maybe not every other person does in their life, but there's actually a requirement and a responsibility on you to carry His name into your world because my gosh, my gosh, doesn't our world need it? Who else is going to go, church? If it's not you, then who? Think about NARA right now. Think about your workplace. Think about your family. If you are the Christian, if you are the one that is saved in that environment, who else is going to tell them about Jesus? Who else is going to pray for them? Who else is going to love them? Who else is going to say, do you know what? I love you enough to go. This is the God of love that has called you and chosen you and wants to set you free. If not you, then who? And some that might be such a sobering thought because you might think, oh, actually, I never talk to my work friends about Jesus. I never talk to the lady at the supermarket cashier about Jesus. It's actually our responsibility. It's actually our responsibility. If we are carrying his name, we've got to start doing something. My gosh, coming to church is a good start. You've done that. 
there's more to it than just that. There's more to it than just going to a connect group. There's more to it than just serving in church. There is more to it than just thinking that you're doing the right thing. What are you actually doing with His name in your weeks? And I'm not saying this to condemn. I'm not saying this to make you feel bad because I know that I need to do more as well. But we talk about revival. We talk about hearing the voice of God. But what happens when we do? What happens when we do hear the voice of God? What happens when we do sit with Him and have an encounter with Him? It's supposed to change. It's supposed to change us and we're supposed to do something with it. We're supposed to do something with what you've been given. Freely you have received. Now freely give. Give, give, give. And do you know what? If you are in this church, I will just preach this till the day I die because I just think this is it. It's about knowing God knowing God and not just knowing God, not just reading knowing God, not just knowing God, but knowing, knowing God. And then in that knowing, He causes me to do something. That's it. I don't want to know God and not do something because when you know God, you want to do something. So revival, we talk about it. And do you know what? It's It needs to be more... I, I was listening to... um. There's a guy called Michael Koulianis, if you have heard of him. He is in Florida. Um, He runs a movement with his wife called Jesus Image. Look them up on YouTube if you want. They are just literally all about Jesus. But he said this one thing. I was listening to one of his um, words this week, and he said, you need to love him more than you love the movement. And that just sunk Because we talk about revival, and to some Christians who have been in church for any amount of years, revival seems like a little bit of a dirty word because it's something that comes and goes, it sweeps people up in the emotion of it, and then people are left high and dry not knowing what's going on. But it's not about that. When we say revival, it's not about about the movement. It's about Him. He is the revival. And so you've got to love Him more than you love the movement. You've got to love Him more than you love the experience. You've got to love Him more than you love the Word, hearing God. You've got to love Him more because that is the thing that sustains. That is the thing that doesn't run dry. That is the thing that doesn't give up. That is the thing that carries on because Jesus doesn't come and go like a fleeting shadow. He is constant. He is constant and He stays and He walks and He ministers and He helps and He directs and He stays. That is what it's about, church. So this morning, do you know his name? And really know, really, really, really deeply know that when you walk out of this room, you are a carrier of that. Who is Jesus to you this morning? Because that filter is going to affect the way that you live your life. If you see Jesus as a fisherman and just a fisherman, that will affect the way you live your life. As If you see Jesus hung on the cross and only there, that will affect the way that you live your life. If you see Jesus rising from the grave, that will affect... If you see Jesus in Revelation, which I'm going to read this last scripture, that is going to affect the way that you live your life. So let's just read this. It'll be up on the screen. Revelation 1, 12, verse 16. It says, Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the middle of the lampstands, I saw one like the Son of Man, clothed in a robe, reaching to the feet, and girded across his chest with a golden sash. His head and his hair were white like white wool, like snow. And his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, 
when it had been made to glow in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in all of its strength. Who is Jesus to you this morning, church? Who is he? Because that Jesus, my gosh, eyes like fire, voice that sounds like rushing waters, a sword coming out of his mouth. My Jesus is the Jesus that was born in a manger. He did incredible miracles. He called the disciples. He rose, he died on the cross, he rose again. He walked with, you know, his disciples after he had risen. But he ascended to heaven and he's seated at the right hand of God. And he is this, my Jesus is all of it, wrapped up in one. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. But let's not just choose one Jesus that we're comfortable with and say, this is who you are. You've got to know him. And you've got to know him in all of his glory and majesty and awe and fear and all of that. You've got to know him because it's the knowing that matters. It's the knowing that changes and it's the knowing that causes you to do something in Jesus' name. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.